What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And it's the mailbag episode. I know, I know, it's a day late, but we've been releasing mailbag episodes on both Saturday and Sunday for like the last three weeks. So am I really late? But we'll get into your questions right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, first up, this is one of the biggest mailback episodes that we have with seven voicemails coming in, and I believe a text message as well. But before we get into that, we got to acknowledge a monumental thing for the channel. We have officially passed 8,000 subscribers for the channel, which has been a big thing. We've been trying to uh, we've been trying to get, get to that point. Um, I wanted to get to that by the one-year anniversary. It looks like we missed it by six days. So nonetheless, we still are doing pretty good with it. So I want to thank you for everyone, every single subscriber um, of Chicago Bulls Central. I've always told you guys, you are the best part of this channel. You are what makes this channel special. I'm just the host here. So we passed 8,000 subscribers on the way to 10,000. See if we can get to 10,000 before the All-Star break next year. I may be undercutting myself some. The channel's been growing a lot uh, here recently, but thank you so much for everyone who makes this channel what it is. Now, let's go ahead and get into the voicemail um, on uh, on this mailbag episode. So first up, we got Ace in the building. What's up, Hayes? This is your boy Ace calling in again, man. I really enjoyed the show last week. Um, wherever you get note that Bulls gear from, man, I don't know where you're getting it from, but stuff you had on last week, I don't know if it was the anniversary or whatever, but I like that, man. That, that, was, that was kind of fly. Um, calling in with two, two uh, hot takes, man. So... Everybody's expecting uh, Patrick Williams to take this leap uh, going into this next year. And, man, everybody can't be a scorer in the, in the lineup. Uh, our, we already know that Zach going to get touches. We already know that DeMar going to get touches. Uh, the way he's progressing, I, I see him being a third option, uh, kind of like what they were talking about in a couple of these other podcasts. I can see that happening because the guy's skill set is – it's looking like it's going to be ridiculous next year. His ball handling is crazy. They're saying his mid-range is better. His confidence is better. His three-point shot is looking a little bit more fluent. He's not taking all day to shoot that three-point shot from the start to the finish. So I think Patrick Williams would be a good third option. Now, if he's a third option, where does that leave Vooch? I know Vooch is a starter. I know he's coming up on a contract year, so we're expecting him to play a lot better than last year. Everybody's saying it's going to be contracted. He can't shoot any worse than he did last year. So we're already expecting that. But how are they going to incorporate Vooch and Patrick? Well, it's only one basketball. So I know Vooch is going to start, but I kind of feel like Andre Drummond is a better fit for that starting lineup based on the way that they play. If Vooch is playing more with the second unit, you can just feed him the ball in the post all day long. Let him just go crazy. But in my opinion, not saying Andre Drummond is going to start or he should start, but I think he should play more minutes with the Stars because it's only one basketball. And I think that DeMar DeRozan is going to do a lot of his damage in the mid-range posting up already. So now we got two post players in the, in the offense. That doesn't really make sense to me. Um, give me your thoughts on that. All right, so Ace brings about a lot of good questions on this. Patrick Williams being the third option. Um, but, you know, what he goes to towards the end of this is, Drummond being the better, maybe a better option in the starting line. Let me go ahead and debunk that now. I think sometimes as fans, we just think as, well, who brings in something that a player that we have lacks, right? 
and not really the totality of basketball. Vooch being the passer that he is, even when his shot was not falling, helped the Bulls often so much. Now, one could say that with what Ace is saying, that Patrick Williams becomes more of a ball handler as well. And we've seen him, uh, his passing and stuff, what that can look like. Now, we need to see it over a long stretch of time. But starting Andre Drummond, moving Vooch to the, to the bench is not going to get net any results. Keep in mind, right, is that the motion of off that, and that's what I want to see Billy Donovan get to, is using a free motion offense where we have a lineup when Lonzo Ball's healthy. Everyone in that starting five are all solid passers. So I want to see that used. I want to see more of a motion-based offense um, at times. And I do think that you don't want to, in my opinion, move Vooch out that starting lineup because you can. Yes, there's only one ball to go around, but we've seen lineups in the NBA where every starter averages double-digit points. That's what you want from this team. You want to spread that ball out a little bit more. You want DeMar to have to do less in isolation. That's what's going to create more opportunities for Patrick Williams is DeMar not having to take as many shots, not having to play hero ball. Same thing, not going into isolation as much with Zach Levine. The, the, the percentages Patrick Williams shoots at are great. Even if that takes a little bit of dip with a few more opportunities, you have a double-digit scorer at that point. That's what you want to see from Patrick Williams. That you know, and I think that it is an interesting thing. Let me let me not let me not say that it's an interesting way to think about it to move Drummond into the starting lineup. But I'm glad that you also say it's not going to happen because that's it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nikola Vucevic, especially when you hear the Bulls already talking about extension, he is going to continue to be that starting center for the Chicago Bulls for the foreseeable future. And Andre Drummond is as good as he is, right? Drummond is a great rebounder. He, I even think I think is a better passer at times than what some people acknowledge. But he's a black hole on offense. Go and look at it. If he gets the ball, it's not coming back out usually. He's a good passer when he decides to pass. Um, and I think that would hurt the Bulls' um, offense more than help it, even with the increased uh, role from Patrick Williams. So I think you want to keep that starting five the same. You hope that Vooch can shoot at better percentages. You hope that Patrick Williams can keep his percentages the same with a increase in a couple more shots a game. And then that's going to get you where you need to be in the Bulls offense. Uh, with the adjustments that Billy Donovan, I hope that the team makes in his scheme overall, even on the defensive end, stop using drop coverage and, and, and go to more of a zone, things like that. It's going to help the Chicago Bulls overall. But great voicemail from Ace. Great pointing out the things that Patrick Williams has done to improve as well. Um, but that's my thoughts on that. Let's get into the next one. We got Marvin the motivator in the building, and Marvin leaves us this. What's going on, guys? Marvin. I uh, just wanted to chime in for a second, uh, Hayes and, and family, uh, and give a little prediction on the first 34 games of the season for the Bulls. Now, this 34 games will lead us up to Christmas, so I was hoping my expectations can come in pretty close. Of those 34 games, we got 18 games on the road. I think we got four back-to-backs in there, and that's also including our first West Coast swing. Now, I'm thinking if the Bulls can play well, and I'm going to start by saying we're going to need all hands on deck for this guy. It's a grueling schedule, so I want to break it down short, you know, little sections. So I'm going to go to Christmas. If we can go 21 and 13 with 18 road games and a West Coast swing out of the way, I think the Bulls will be well on their way to have a decent season. It is capable of doing, but as I said earlier, all hands on deck. We need all distribution. We need better coaching. We need defense from the uh, bench, we need better shooting from the bench, we need consistent play from our big man, and we need a healthy whole team not in, to not even say about Lonzo Ball. So what I want to say is this, guys. I want to, I, I'm going to come back later and probably do another section, but I want to start by going to Christmas. I'm thinking 21 and 13. I'm thinking if we can do
do that by playing 18 out of 34 games on the road, including finishing up one West Coast swing, which is a six-game road trip. I think the Bulls will be looking good by then. We do get a chance to get up at the All-Star break, get a little break. I haven't went any further from Christmas, but I will. But think about it. If we can be at 21 and 13 then and finish with also a lot of our, our, our road trip games and a lot of our back-to-back, I think the Bulls will be all right. Hell, every player from the bench all the way to the start is contributing and better coaching from Billy Donovan. I think we can get it done. Let's see how my predictions come out. I'll say 21 and 13 out of first 34. Talk with you guys later. Another great one is always from Marvin. I like how he used that and keyed in on that first 34 games, 18 of which are on the road, which is crazy. And you think about the number of back-to-backs that we have early in the season. This early season stretch for the Chicago Bulls is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Now, Marvin's saying if we can go 21 and 13 over that stretch, it sets us up really nice. I'm going to take it a step further than that. I think that if the Bulls can finish with at least, I I, I say slightly above 500, I say even if they go 18 and 16 over that stretch, considering how tough it is, considering we we may not have Lonzo Ball, and even if he is, we don't know the minutes, the minutes that he's going to be restricted to or anything like that, I say you still start yourself off pretty good there. Again, not an ideal start, right? We're not talking perfect starts. We're not talking ideal starts. I would love to see the Bulls actually go over that first stretch, go like 24 and 10, right? And I think it's possible depending on how well this team starts clicking and how well that bench, to Marvin's point, does step up early in the season. But considering, hey, everybody trying to find their roles, um, everybody adjusting to being fully healthy, Patrick Williams, Lonzo Ball didn't play that many minutes, that many minutes together. Um, last season so I think if the Bulls can even go 18 and 16 at the bare minimum that sets you off pretty good considering your schedule gets a little bit easier at that point before it gets tougher again I think that sets you up pretty nicely for the Chicago Bulls overall leading into that Christmas Day schedule but if they can do anything better than that right considering 18 games of the road a big chunk of our back-to-backs out of the 15 back-to-backs that we have all come in that early part of the season I think about half our back-to-backs come in that early part of the season. That sets you up nicely because then you have less back-to-backs. You get a little bit more rest um, in the middle of that season, then leading in to the All-Star break, and then coming back out of the All-Star breaks when the schedule really starts getting tough again for the Chicago Bulls, you, you, you set yourself up pretty nicely there. So that's what I'm saying at the bare minimum. If they can go 18 and 16 over that time period, again, that's still over 500. That's still on pace. For a close to a 51 season, if you can do that, that that's 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 cool. But ideally, we want them to be firing on all cylinders. We want them to work out their rotations earlier than that. So we'll continue to see another good one from Marvin. Let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Chuck. All right, what's up, man? This is Chuck from Chicago. I'm a diehard Bulls fan. I definitely watch um, watch your um, show all the time. Great content. Um, a couple of things I wanted to, to to talk about was. Um, I hear a lot of Bulls fans, um, especially like my family sometimes, they're always talking about the, the front office, especially AK. Um, and I think um, Bulls fans, you know, listen, man, we have we have been um, messed up for a while. I mean, I think our minds got messed up when we had guard packs in the front office. And um, we're just kind of, you know, we we have trauma. Um, when it comes to, to the Bulls, you know, we want everything now. Um, but the thing I've noticed about AK is that he is a very calculated person. Um, he is that person that you walk into a room, he's the quietest person in the room, he's observant. Um, he's that person that 
you know, is not going to talk too much. Um, he's that person that you may think may not know how to fight, but will, you know, kill everybody in the room or fight everybody in the room and be able to beat everybody in the room um, because he's watching. He's watching flaws. He's watching what's going on. I feel like that's what AK, um, that's what, um, yeah, AK is doing right now. Um, along with Mark Eversley, they just, they're, they're, they're being very calculated in their moves and how they move and what they do. Um, and they understand, I think a lot of Bulls fans, we don't understand that, um, we, we're not in the front office and we don't hear those conversations. We don't know. They have plans at least three, four, five years ahead. Um, you know, you gotta believe that, especially when you're dealing with somebody like AK, for sure. Um, secondly, um, what do you think about what kind of impact do you really think um, Andre Drummond is going to bring to the bench, um, coming off the bench? You know, what what do we what do we what should we expect from Andre Drummond coming off the bench? Uh, and this is something that we don't talk about a lot. I am a big fan of Javante Green. He's that person. Um, oh, I got a couple more things, but. He's that person that he does that does stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet for sure. Um, and what should we expect from from Javante Green off the bench? All right, so Chuck asked a great question. What to expect from Drummond off the bench? Um, hey, and you know what he said about AK and 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 Eversley and the being calculated. I've said this before many times. We live in a microwave society, and even so much so more in Chicago Bulls Nation because people have been sitting around. Seeing this team be bad for so long in the Garpax area era that they just want to taste that to, as soon as possible. Yes, Acme is building a team that can not only compete now in a degree, right? That's, that's good now. Let me, because people here compete, they automatically think I mean compete for a title. That's good now, but it's also having pieces towards the future. And that's the thing that's going to sustain. Keep in mind, as fans, yes, we want, and you should want as a fan, your team to win a championship every year. Every year, that's, that should be the goal, right? But the thing is, AK and Eversley, just like Garpax, they had, well, Pax more so, had a decade plus of trying to build a team. Now, they did not draft well. They did not draft with a vision. They did not craft a team together outside of that early team. Then they got lucked up and got Rose, and Rose got hurt, and things kind of fell apart. But this, they're trying to build something special here. And in trying to build something special, it takes a little bit more time if you want to do it right. If you want to flash in the pan. If you want a team that can compete for the next two or three years and then maybe after a couple of those players fall off, retire, or whatever, we, we're back into obligatory uh, losing for, for the next five years after that as we build again, okay, that could possibly be done. But if you want to build a team that successfully sustains over time and then once they get to that level of being a championship team, they're able to sustain that into, into a five, six, seven-year stretch, that's what you want. And that's what I think AK and Eversley were doing. But to get to the second part of it, Drummond off the bench. I've said this before. You're going to get near a double-double from Drummond off the bench. That may not be 10 rebounds per game. It may not be 10 points per game, but you're going to get about 8.5 to 9.5 to hopefully 10 points per game off the bench for Andre Drummond, and you're going to get about 9, 10, or 11 rebounds off, off the bench for him, probably with about three assists as well and a steal. That's what he's shown that he can do if he's given minutes. If you can give Andre Drummond 18 to 22 minutes, he's going to get you a double-double, if not that very close to it. That's what I think we can expect from Andre Drummond. I think very good defense as well, and we'll see what we get from that. Now, Javante Green and the role that he plays, if Javante has improved as a shooter, as he said that he was working on this offseason, and the fact that he is one of our best energy players, what he brings off in transition when he gets out in there, what, what Javante Green gave 
playing power forwards all last season. I want to see him attack small forwards at that same thing. I know Pat, the designer, Michaels over on Locked on Bulls does not think, for example, that Javante is going to get a lot of minutes. I think Javante is probably still going to get between 18 and 20 minutes off the bench. We'll see. I think I think he's going to be used as that three, the backup three initially. We'll see if Dalen Terry ends up coming into that role. You can play him some minutes at the 4-2 if you have a matchup issues, and he can play some too as well. I think what Billy Donovan learned in Javante Green is he has a player that's just going to go out there and play and give effort. And players like that always find minutes on teams. So I do think Javante is going to have a pretty big role for us coming into next season. All right, let's get into our next voicemail. This one is from Shea. What's up, Hayes? This is Shay. You know, I was thinking, do you think DeMar DeRozan has proven himself to be a much better player than Kevin Durant? Not only this offseason, but last year, and he's actually proven himself to be a much better player than Kevin Durant right now. Look, I understand a lot of people are going to call me crazy because Kevin Durant is an all-time scorer. That's good and all, but... Think about it. DeMar DeRozan is doing a quick turnaround with this Chicago Bulls team that, and I can honestly say, he's kind of revitalized his own career with us, and he's helped revitalize our organization, not only our organization, but our team culture. And I think that shows a lot more than just him being a good now, I think that shows how much of a better player you are than just being a good scorer. Now, I know a lot of people may call me crazy, but look at how Dalen Terry, Patrick Williams, and everybody else is doing because of DeMar DeRozan. Anyway, you may not agree, but I think so. Anyway, tell me what you think. All right. So, Shay says he was thinking. He says, think about it. Listen, Shay, I love what DeMar DeRozan has done for us. I love what he's contributed to changing the culture. And I think sometimes, too, we can't, he didn't revitalize. The sh- it's not like DeMar DeRozan came into the same team that we had last season, and boom, now all of a sudden we were a different team. We also had Alonzo Ball. We also had Atlas Caruso. We also drafted Io DeSumo, who was, who was a heck of a player for us. We also gave more minutes to Javante Green, who was sitting on our bench last season and didn't get very many minutes. We, we made those additions as well. He came along with a overall change, so I'm not putting that all on DeMar DeRozan. And yes, DeMar DeRozan is a, is a good player, is a, is a really, and he was great for us last season. But I'm not ready to say he's better than a, he's a better player than Kevin Durant right now. While I did say he danced all over Kevin Durant in our first matchup with the Brooklyn Nets last season, so let me be clear with that. He outplayed him in that game. But with that being said, too, he's not a better player than Kevin Durant. He's just, he's just not, especially when you look at how they perform in the playoffs more so for their career. I'm not ready to say that uh, uh, DeMar DeRozan is a great player. And I'm glad that he's on this team. Yes, he has played a big part in the Chicago Bulls culture and what he's taught Dalen Terry. I would assume Patrick Williams, I've been very vocal on the fact that that is going to be something that we see pay off years and years into the future. But we got to slow our horses. Shay, put down the ENJ, my brother. Calm down. Just a little bit. Calm down. Chill out. It's going to be all right because you need some help. You need some help with that one. But thank you for Shay for sitting in that voice. Let's go ahead and get to the next one. This one's from JD. What up, Hayes? This is JD, a.k.a. King Kufu, I just want to tell you, man, I appreciate you and the work you do. So, you know, you just keep killing them with it. Um, I'm going to be quick as possible. Uh, I just want to say that this team, I think, is going to be a lot better than people think. You got Alex, Io, Devontae, Marco, and Andre. That's your second stream. That's a starting five. And then you throw in Kobe, Goran, Dalen, Derek, Tristan, Tyler, and Tony. That's your third stream. I mean, and that's a, that would be considered a weak bench. But like you said, Zach and DeMar may need to play reduced minutes. And I think the roster is good enough and deep enough to where they may play less than 30 minutes in some games. 
because that bench is going to be good enough to keep them in games and win games. They may have blowout games, and Zach and DeMar, the whole star lineup may not even have to be on the floor. The only thing that I see standing in their way is health and Billy Donovan. If Billy Donovan, and this is like what I'm really, really interested in seeing, is how Billy Donovan will adjust the lineups. And if he can find lineups that have good chemistry, and if he can adjust to matchups. The only thing I see standing in their way of, of taking the East, bro. But, you know, that's it. Like I said, I was going to be brief. I appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. And, hey, if you want to hear that 16, I got you. Just let me know. Peace. All right, so this is another thing we need to calm down a little bit. Saying you, we have a starting five off the bench, though. We haven't seen enough from those bench players to say they're a starting five coming off the bench. But I do like our bench. And I did have a video earlier, well, at this point last week, um, saying just that I do think that this Bulls bench is going to step up and they're going to be a big part of the Bulls' success. When you look at how tough the schedule is, yes. Not really necessarily to say that we have a starting five off the bench, but could it get to that way? Is that a possibility? We'll see. This Bulls bench, I think, is going to be much improved than some people think. And I know people are like, well, they didn't really add much and we were 29th in bench production and, and scoring last season. I think we're going to see a, a considerable improvement in that if everybody can stay healthy and play in their roles and really grow into that and i think andre drummond is going to help a lot with that as well this team this bench is going to be good i really do trust in this bench now jd's uh last part of his question how does billy donovan adjust the lineups and matchup that is the biggest question for me heading into training camp um and what i'm going to look for in the preseason how does billy donovan adjust these lineups how does he use the matchups to their advantage how does he because he is going to play small when does he use that how does he go to it it's going to be it's a lot of questions to be asked there and Billy Donovan and this coaching staff, I hope, are already hard at work trying to figure that out and have some ideas and then let it play out in training camp. I want to see changes to Billy Donovan's scheme. I want to see changes to the way that he does some lineups. I want to see changes to the way that he uses some players in the half-court sets specifically. This coaching staff does not have an easy job trying to figure this all out, but they, they need to. And if this Bulls team is going to be more successful this season right, than what some people are predicting, even some Bulls fans, it's going to come by the nature of that chemistry right of that continuity coming out but also that bench performing at a level that's ready to step up when demar maybe have a has an off game or zach has an off game or maybe or on a back-to-back -back, um and and the second night of a back-to-back -back and lonzo ball has to has to take some rest maybe we want to get demar off the court a little bit early this bench is going to have to show up but having a player like javante green coming off the bench having alice caruso and io desuma who I would assume we started a big chunk last season. Having that second year under his belt, and hopefully he doesn't have a sophomore slump, I do think this Bulls bench can be drastically improved. We just got to see it come to fruition, and we got to see how this this coaching staff is going to use that. Let's get into the next voicemail. We got Alvin on this one. What's going on, Hayes? This is Alvin. Uh, you know, I looked at the rivalry league, and you know, I saw that we were going against the Charlotte Hornets, and um. Looking at the matchup, like, what's the connection for the rivalry? Is it, um, like, on a owner's perspective, like Jordan versus Ryan Thorne? Or is it, like, Jordan versus the organization as a whole? But when I heard on your podcast that it could be, like, um, Battle of the Brothers, um, Lonzo Ball versus the Mellow Ball, I was like, okay, I do see how that makes sense. but. That's more like a Twitter beef rivalry than it is as an actual rivalry. If anything, I would have been satisfied with like Bulls versus Boston or um, Bulls versus Milwaukee. You know, because you know, honestly, Milwaukee versus Bulls is like probably like one of the oldest rivalries, not not the most well known like 
Bulls Pistons and Bulls Knicks, but it, they are a rivalry team nonetheless. And second, you were talking about what could be a good lineup, small ball lineup. I'm thinking a good small ball lineup will be Alex Caruso at the point, Ayo Dosumu at the two, with Javante Green at the three, uh, Patrick Williams at the four or five, could probably could switch them out with maybe Dalen Terry, but if you know if you're not comfortable with Terry, I would say Andre Drummond at the center. That would be my small ball lineup. So let me know what you think about that and see Red go boom. All right. So Alvin asked about the rivalry week, and this is something that's been a big part of a conversation. So it was announced that it is the battle of the ball brothers. So the the rivals in this are listed as Lamelo and Lonzo Ball. And, you know, you actually put, make a good point there. You said that it's more of a social media beef. And that's what I think this rivalry week thing is going to utilize, right? Not necessarily that it's meant to be a social media thing, but, yeah, social media is going to be a big part of this. And maybe that's a, the way of incorporating it into a game, right, into the game to see how, how fandoms argue. Like, there is an argument between fandom of, like, who's the better ball brother, right? So maybe – Maybe you're on to something with that aspect of that being part of the thinking that went into this is the social media aspect is getting that fan conversation going on this. And I think that that I think you may be on to something with that one. Next up, the small ball lineup that you put out there, ACIO, Javante Green, Patrick Williams or Dalen Terry, which we'll see. I know um, AK did say he wants to see Dalen Terry play some small ball for, but I don't think we're going to see that in his rookie season. And Andre Drummond, I actually like that lineup a lot. It has a nice balance. I think it needs a little bit more uh, shooting and scoring, but if. P. Will does take a leap. We could get that. Interesting small ball lineup there. I kind of like that one. All right, let's get into the last voicemail from today, and this one is for Jamal. What's up, hey? This is your boy Jamal back again uh, for another voicemail. Just talking, calling in about the two things you discussed on your um, episode today. Uh, number one, the Giannis Antetokounmpo interview, as nice as it was, I'm not going to over overvalue it. Um, I don't think it means Giannis is coming to Chicago in 2026. Um, and there's any other. I think that there's always a possibility, but what I read into it more is the fact that now it looks like, and I have to watch the full interview, so I don't know if they asked him about Chicago or not, but the fact that Chicago is being mentioned now in the media or, or superstar player of the caliber of Giannis is mentioning how nice it would be to play in Chicago. You know, it, it's something that's it, it's nice to hear because it means that we're slowly chipping away at that negative perception that we have as a Bulls organization. You know, um, for years, organizations like the Lakers have always had the mentality of we're the Lakers. That's all we can get any player we want. Even to this day, that's what the mentality is with the Lakers. So, you know, as Bulls fans living in one of the most beautiful cities, well, I don't live there, but the organization being based out of one of the most beautiful cities in the world, you always felt like, why didn't we ever be able to attract those free agents? Now you're starting to hear other guys talk about Chicago, like, yeah, that's a possible destination. I like what you're doing. And, and that's what I'm liking and I, uh, what I like when I hear y'all talk about that. Um, more importantly, when it comes to the Christmas Day schedule, when I look at the schedule, the Bucks versus Celtics, Sixers versus Knicks, Suns versus Nuggets, Lakers versus Mavs, and the Grizzlies versus the Warriors, I'm not shocked they left the Bulls off because all those teams are teams that people consider are still better than us. Um, and more importantly, um, there are teams that are still and getting more national attention than us. 
You have for the Bucks versus Celtics, you got the champion from two years ago, the previous champion going up against the Western Conference one, uh, um, the Eastern Conference one, uh, or uh, Eastern Conference uh, champion. So that's a matchup right there. You have Sixers versus Knicks, which is Drum and B versus Knicks. And Knicks always get a Christmas Day game because it's New York. So that's going to be it. Suns versus Nuggets, again, they just gave it to two teams that have a lot of media attention. We don't have to say much about the Makers or the Mavs. It's Luka versus LeBron, as a lot of people want to say. And the Warriors and the Grizzlies have the best rivalry in the game. All right. And this is coming off the end of that Giannis video. Um, that happened late last week. And so this is what I want to say to that. Yes, it does feel good that the Bulls are being talked about. But the one thing in this and that we need to note is that he was talking more about the historic Bulls. It's not like he was talking about Zach Levine or playing with DeMar DeRozan or wanting to play with Lonzo Ball. That would have added, I think, an even more bit of it to me, just that extra bit of shine that I would have wanted on it. But yeah, the Bulls being talked about is good. Like It's good in, in any shape, form, or fashion. But the Bulls being going back to a free agent destination, we got to see. I want to see it, right? We heard AK say that there are players that want to come play for the Chicago Bulls again, but then we didn't go out and get any of the bigger free agents. Uh, we kind of played it more uh, safe in that in that sense. I need to see it. I want to see. Yes, Lonzo Ball coming here was big, but it seemed like that was already a done deal. There were some talks about that the season before. DeMar DeRozan coming here is huge. And I think sometimes people forget that. Like DeMar was over there growing his game um in san antonio and just not, and a lot of people weren't aware of it because they weren't re really watching san antonio so yes him coming here i think was huge but i want to see it become one of those places that free agents are like look i'll come here for the veterans minimum i'll come here because i think i can win a title here late in my career that's what i want to see this bulls team get to but they they have to win they have to have success in the playoffs to get there they have to make leaps um so i want to see that coming a little bit more fruition now, Jamal talking about the Christmas Day schedule. Now that the full schedule has come out, I'm kind of not as harping on the Christmas Day thing anymore. Yeah, they have some teams on there that are much worse teams than the Chicago Bulls and are worse markets. But at the end of the day, looking at the schedule now, I really just, we now that we have the full schedule, I should say, I'm not really worried about that Christmas Day game anymore. Like it kind of went, came and went. Like, I guess it was one of those things that gave us something to talk about because we didn't have the full schedule. But now that we do, I'm not really, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not as, upset about the Christmas Day schedule anymore. I'm just not. The Bulls have a lot of nationally televised games, way more than what they did last season. Let's see how they perform in that. And we'll probably get a Christmas Day game next season. But I want to see that. I'm happy with how much this team is going to be on national TV. I want to see this team perform on national TV because if they don't, then that conversation and what the argument I want to have about the Bulls airing on Christmas doesn't even matter at that point. So that's why I said on that one. Thank you for leaving that voicemail, Jamal. But that is it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Thank you for being the best part of the show. Thank you for getting us to 8,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on the podcast side, go and subscribe to the YouTube as well. Sometimes we get a little bit of extra content there. But that is it for today's episode. If you want to follow the show, do so at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, you can leave us a text and our voicemail at 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break Media. Media.